Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Some of you are like, what is a B3 hammock? It's an organ, and it's a specific kind of organ. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read straight from the words of Jesus. An amazing sermon that he preached. I'm going to just reiterate what he is saying. Powerful passage of scripture. One that is very convicting. Y'all ready to be convicted today? I was when I read it, so I'm going to give it to you like the Lord gave it to me. I feel like the Lord let me write this message with a stank face. I'm serious. I read it again today and I was like, Lord? That's read it like this. So, Matthew, yeah, watch your toes today. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 6. It says, do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Ooh, Jesus is preaching. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. Just look at your neighbor real quick. <laughs> ha. Look right up in the eye. Look at their eye color and everything. Say, you hypocrite. You've been wanting to say it all week. Just gave you permission to say it. I try to say what's in your head so you don't get in trouble. You say, well, pastor said. Says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. Let me explain that for a minute. So you're like, what, what does that mean? But this is... What Jesus is giving is a parable because he goes on to say that if you do throw your pearls to pigs, if you do throw and give to dogs what is sacred, what is the thing that's sacred? Another scripture passage or translation says don't give to dogs what is holy. What is that? There's sometimes when you go to help someone and they don't want to receive it. And what it means, what Jesus is trying to say is that sometimes when you try to give help to someone and they don't want it, it's like throwing your pearls to pigs. And they trample over it. They won't value it. Doesn't mean you don't love them. But sometimes life has to let it fall on them. For them to realize what needed to be said. So this is Jesus' words. If you go to give red meat or meat to wild dogs. It says they'll turn on you. They'll tear you up is what it's saying. Why? Because they don't understand the value. They'll actually come to attack you when you're trying to help them. You're just trying to feed them. They don't know how to receive it. So you got to learn how to give it to people who know how to receive it. And sometimes they don't want to receive it. We're going to talk about this. Hold on. We're going to get do not give the dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. I want to talk to you today and preach to you today from the title. Are you the one? Are you the one? Look at your neighbor and say, are you the one? This isn't like a dating question. About to get on a knee and propose. I'd love for that to happen in church one day, y'all. Just you'll be like, he tells us to turn to our neighbor all the time and say something. I'm just gonna propose to somebody today. <laughs> Let's pray, Father. We thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we ask that your word, your your holy scriptures, would just purify our hearts today. 
that let your sermon alone about what we're going to dive into. Let it just completely revolutionize the way we see you. Let it completely transform us and renew us into a new creation today. We do not want to just say we came to church and come in and tick a box and walk out and not be changed. Why would we want to waste our time to do that? We're not just doing a good deed, but God, today this is for you. We come to be transformed, but before we even come to be transformed, we come to worship you because you're worthy of our praise. This house was built for you. It's not built for people. It was built for you. Why? So we can glorify your name because you are worthy to be praised. So let your word today, God, just pour over us. Let it remove the dust from our eyes. Let it remove the coldness from our hearts. Let it remove all perspectives and ideologies that are not of you. And let us read your truth of your word and let it renew us in our mind and our soul. Leave us changed today, Jesus. We want to be changed by you. We want to encounter you. We want you to do what only you can do today. I pray, Lord, that I'd be a vessel. As dirty and unclean that it can be, Lord, let me be a vessel, Lord, that can be used by you. So what you've poured into me, I can pour out to your people. And what you want to say. Let me be a mouthpiece. And let me speak it how you spoke it to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. amen. Give someone a hug. Take a seat. Tell them they look good. I told you somebody's about to propose. Have you ever had a time in your life where you thought someone else was the problem only to find out that it was you? You just didn't want to admit it. <laughs> you see, it's hard to admit when you're the problem. Because in, in the moment, you don't really see it sometimes. And even if you do, you don't want to admit it. And many times in relationships that we have, we struggle to grow because we have a hard time with this thing called pride. Pride. Pride will make you blind to what you need. Because it's a whole lot easier to focus on someone else's problem than it is your own. And too often, we're trying to fix someone else when God's trying to fix us. We want to help, and that's great, that's a good deed, but a lot of times God's trying to do something in you with the very thing that you're seeing in someone else. And you'll tend to believe that others are the problem. But are you the one? Is it you that's the problem? Like, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me, maybe Tay-Tay was on to something. It's a song from Taylor Swift, if you didn't know. It says, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. I do not encourage listening to her music, but it's not a sales pitch for her in any means. She needs Jesus, and we're going to pray for that. But as we study this passage today, it's very clear what the writer is saying says, do not judge and you will not be 
sorry, it says, do not judge or you too will be judged for in the very same way that you do it, the same way that you judge other people, you also will be judged. That the measure you use, it will be measured right back to you. Translation is that in the way that you handle correcting and critiquing someone else is the very same measure in which you will also receive it. Oftentimes, we feel we have to be this macho man walking around trying to be a hero because we feel that we know what's best for other people. I know what they need when they don't even need it. Or you'll, you'll get some people that will feel that their opinion matters in every situation. So they will approach every problem with someone who may have a speck in their eye with a firm fist and hard truths and, and thinking that someone's going to realize, oh yeah, thanks for punching me in the face and telling me I'm a horrible person and that I'm going to hell. Oh great, yeah, that really helped me change. Now if you want to help someone to change, you offer them grace and truth in a loving manner. In a way that they can receive it. Sometimes the truth may feel hard to them. But it's in love and it's in grace. Because that will always be the greatest foundation. To help someone. It says why do you look at the speck of sawdust. In your brother's eye. But yet pay no attention. To the plank in your own. You see it's a whole lot easier to focus on someone's speck than your plank. It's a whole lot easier. And as a pastor, I've talked to many people who, who want to help. They want to fix their, their loved ones. They want to do something. They, they want to play their part in whatever way they can because they care about people and they care about what's going on and they want to help them with their problem. But can I tell you, you can't fix people. You can only lead them to the one who can. You can't fix your sister that has that problem. You can only lead her to the one that can. You lead them by your actions. You lead them by your words. You lead them by your disciplines. You lead them in the way that you love Jesus. That's how you lead somebody to a way of overcoming. You know, and I've come to find that there are three businesses in the world. There's God's business. Their business. And your business. And too many times we're concerned with other people's business that we don't even take care of our own. Because we like looking for specs. We like the specs. We, we enjoy looking for specs. We got too many Karens looking for specs. We do this in our marriages. We like looking for those specs. We do this in friendships. We do this with, with authority and leaders. We do this even in churches. We do this with our parents. I, I remember one time, uh, my brother and I, um, we, we, when we were younger, we, used to, we had some property with my, my parents did, and we used to have to mow. I hate mowing. I've developed an allergy to grass, and no, that's not a lie, that is true. I got tested for it. I'm on the like, highest level of uh, allergic reaction. 
But we were having to mow. This was a time when I wasn't allergic, allergic to it. And we, were, we had mowed the whole yard. We were trying to do something good for my dad. He works hard and he was working hard. He was gone. We mowed and, and Jared and I, we had got everything done. We mowed the whole pasture. We mowed the whole front yard. We had did everything. My dad came home and he's like, oh, guys, it's awesome. You missed right there. <laughs> you mean to tell me? You don't see all the other stuff. You just see I cut a corner just too sharp. There's about seven blades of grass that I can walk over right now. And all he saw was the speck. Because we like looking for specks. And the truth is, if you want to find a speck, you can find one every time. Every time. And let me just say this, if you're new to our church, first off, let's welcome all those again who are new, who are new guests with us, glad that you're here, you're tuning in online, checking us out, come in person, it's a whole lot better than watching from the other side of a screen, it's a whole lot better, God's presence is thicker in the room, I'm not saying he can't be where you're at, but there's something special when you gather together with other believers and you worship, there's something special about that. But if you are new and you're checking out this church and you're trying to look for, you know, things to see if we're perfect, that we have it all together, let me save you some time. I'll tell you straight up, we not. <laughs> we're not perfect. We never will be. And I think too many Christians are looking for perfection in people and they're looking for perfection in churches and they wonder why they get disappointed. And they'll come into church then they'll start looking for specks. They'll, they'll look for the problems and the holes and they'll make their list. And there's sometimes when they'll try to send me that list and our team will, will kind of forward those things, some of them over to me. And whenever I get an email about someone who's complained or said something and they send this problem, I'm like, that's all? That's it? That's all the problem? Because I got a bigger list that I could give them of all the problems that I see. Why? Because the church involves people. The reason there are issues, the reason that there is a problem, the reason that there are specs is because you're here and I'm here and we're imperfect people pursuing a perfect God, trying to be in pursuit to be transformed and renewed and made into a new creation in Christ. So of course you're going to find a problem. Well, it's just too cold. Put a jacket on. <laughs> I know I'm a mess. I know I'm a basket case sometimes. I know I've got issues. And even though I'm not where I want to be, thank God I'm not where I used to be. The point is, you're going to find whatever you look for. If you want to see crap, you're going to see crap. If you want to see positivity, you're going to see positivity. You can either be a half glass full or a half glass empty type of person. You choose. And I, I believe this, this is what I believe in my whole heart. If you focus, if your focus is on their specs, you'll never remove your plank. If your constant focus is on other people's issues or the issues of this, of this problem, this situation, this category, this context, whatever it may be, you will always find yourself never dealing with your own plank. And we've got to learn to fix our focus. Because are they the problem or is it you? 
I love what David says in Psalms 139. This is a, a dangerous prayer to pray. It's a powerful passage of Scripture where I believe that this is the, the very thing that we must do in order to start the process of removing the planks out of our own eye. David says in Psalms 139, verse 23, as the team comes, it says, Search me, God. Mm, that's a hard prayer. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Some of you are like, can I just skip that part? Because I don't want to be tested. But David cries out, he says, Search me, God. Know my heart, not my intentions. Because we all have good intentions. Just like everybody has opinions. And just like everybody takes a shower, we all got good intentions. It says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. This is an absolutely most dangerous prayer that you can pray. Because when you, when you pray this prayer and you allow God to do what he can do, it will be painful. It, it will sting sometimes. Because you'll start to see that the mentality that you've had that everyone else is the problem, it's probably been you the whole time. And the very thing that you have found yourself frustrated with, with why you are not able to have healthy relationships is because you've got a plank in your eye while you're mad about someone else's speck. And we'll blame the church when we are the one. And we'll blame a spouse when we are the one. And we'll blame our boss when we are the one. We'll blame the world. We'll blame our parents. We'll blame anybody else when we are the one. We will even blame the Bible when we are the one. Search me, God. Know my heart. If there is anything in me, any junk, any crap, anything that's not of you, get it out. Search me. And I believe it's time that we allow God to strip us of our junk. Of the mentalities that aren't His. Of the perspectives, of the beliefs, of the ideologies, of the things that are not what God has called us to live by that keep getting in the way of our relationships from being healthy. Because many times, in our lives, the planks in your own eyes oftentimes are even traumas you never dealt with. The issues from your childhood, the issues from a past relationship that you never dealt with. And so every time you step into another relationship, you bring them with you because it's something that you didn't settle and you bring it in with your relationship and you still walk with this mentality that they are the problem and they need to change. But maybe it's time that you come to the self, yourself instead of pointing at them, you start pointing in the mirror back at yourself. And this is a dangerous prayer to tell God to search you, to know you, 
to test you and what the enemy is trying to keep you chained, I believe in the name of Jesus, they can be broken off when you pray this prayer. God, search me. God, know me. Help me get this plank out of my own eye. Can I tell you, not every man you date is going to be like the last one. Not every friend that you get is going to betray you like the last one. And let me also just say this. If you keep going from job to job and you're blaming the job, if you keep going from marriage to marriage and you keep blaming the other spouse, if you keep going from relationship to relationship and career to career and person after person and you keep blaming someone else, maybe... talking about this in the green green room earlier wherever you go there you are maybe it's not your boss maybe it's not your spouse maybe it's not that friend that keeps calling you out maybe it's you but you see it will be hard to see that if you don't deal with your plank and I believe that we have to stop blaming them and start owning ourselves Stop blaming other people and start owning and taking responsibility. And I believe we have to stop yelling this word abuse when in reality you are just being held accountable. We like to throw these words around when they're not even true. I'm not talking about abuse in ways that is physical abuse and things like that in relationships no if you see that then you're seeing this wrong I'm talking about how we walk on and say well they did this and they did that when really they called your hand on it and you just got mad they weren't hurting you they were just calling your hand on it and you didn't like it so stop yelling abuse and start taking responsibility we can't grow if we don't take responsibility We can't move forward if we don't hold ourselves accountable with the same accountability we're trying to pull someone else's speck out with. But we have to come to a place in our life that if we're going to grow in our relationships, we must learn to walk with this thing called humility and this thing called accountability. In Psalms 51, it's another powerful, powerful scripture that says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Listen, we we all find ourselves in places where our heart gets dirty. We will all find ourselves in that place. And when that happens, we get to this place of toxicity in every relationship, in every situation, and we we find ourselves in a mental state that starts to create these barriers and these blockades with every relationship we step into. But if we will really look at this and pray the prayers about creating me, oh God, a pure heart. If we're going to have relationships, if we're going to, to, to grow in our friendships, to grow, in our marriage, to grow. In every aspect of our relationships, we're going to have to remove the planks. As painful as they may be, we're going to have to get real and raw with the truth so God can begin to do His own work. 2 Chronicles 34, 27. I want everyone to stand with me as I close today. 
2 Chronicles 34, verse 27. This is a powerful passage about walking in humility. The writer says, it says, Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what He spoke against this place and its people, and because you humbled yourself before me, and you tore your robes, you got, you got rid of all the facade, and you wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. You see, when you humble yourself before God, He will hear you. He will hear you. That when you actually come before Jesus and you, 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 you rip off your robes of all this facade, of all this fake nature that you try to put on, especially when you come to church, we, we like to do that. We like to come to church and we, we, we act like our whole lives together. That my kids are great, my husband's great, but yet we were yelling in the car, beating them as much as like we were swatting flies trying to get into church. Like, if you say that again, we're coming to church. Because you need Jesus. Well, maybe they do, but maybe you do too. Because maybe you also have had a hard week and you've got things pressuring against you and you've got things in your life that you've yet to deal with and you come in and you know this is a place that allows you to be vulnerable to say, God, I need to get real with you. I've got planks in my eye and I don't know how to get them out. I've got issues in my life. I didn't deal with it when I was a child. I didn't deal with it when I got in this marriage. And now I'm bringing this in. And every relationship I walk into, I keep hurting them. And I keep getting offended. And I don't know why. And God, I need to create in me a pure heart. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me, Jesus. Test me, Jesus. Lord, we come before you humbly. That's, that's the place to begin. A place where you just cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I don't know where to go from here. And I think if we're honest, if we really got true with ourselves, many of us would say that we've got some planks in our eyes that we haven't dealt with. You may have one, you may have many, maybe you're like, man, I got too many to even count. Guess what? It's time to do some eye surgery. It's time to do some removal surgery. And I want to do something in this atmosphere of faith today. With every eye closed for a moment. You say, you know, Pastor Nate, I, I, I've got some stuff I've not dealt with. I've got some, some planks in my eye. I, I keep walking around with this mentality that it's all these problems keep arising and I keep trying to figure out what it is or where it's coming from and why it's happening. And I'm coming to find that maybe it's me. Maybe I've got some issues. Maybe I've got some things that I'm not dealing with or I'm holding on to and I've put in a locked box and I've yet to open them up because I'm afraid of what might happen if I do. And I've got some planks. And Jesus, I'm scared. But I want to deal with them. I don't want to deal with them, but I need to deal with them. And I need to get real, God. I need to open up. I need to be more vulnerable. I need to, I need to show them to you. Even though God already knows. If you say, that's me. 
I've got some plans. I've got some things in my life I want to get rid of. I've got some things that keep getting in the way of every relationship, every, every job I go to, every person I date, every friend I try to find, every, every aspect. I go home and I just get hurt. I just get triggered and I don't know what it is. And God, I need you to help me remove the planks. If that's you with every eye closed, you say, that's just me. Would you pray for me? Would you just lift your hand today? Say, I got some planks. And I need them removed. I've got some issues I need to deal with. And I need God's help with. And I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. You say, that's me. I want to pray for you today. You can put your hands down. Father. I thank you for every single person that had the courage and the boldness to lift their hand today. For every person that has stepped into your presence and they've, trying to been, they've been trying to figure out how they're going to move forward in all these relationships, that they've been trying to figure out how in the world are they going to overcome and they're going to conquer and they keep walking into these problems. But God, today, I pray that in the power of your name, that any chain and any plank and anything that's trying to hold them back, that is blinding them from the calling of God that you have on their life, God, we ask for eye surgery today. We ask, Lord, that you would begin to remove it as painful as it may be, as hard as it may be, as much of a struggle as we may not want to let go of it because we've found security in it. God, we pray that you would pull it out of our eyes that we would start to evaluate ourselves in a place that starts with vulnerability and humility and accountability. To say, search me, God. Know my heart. Create in me a pure heart, God. God, I want a pure heart when I walk into these relationships. I want a pure heart when I step foot into work tomorrow morning. God, I want a pure heart when I drive home with my spouse today. And I want a pure heart when I get in that car with my kids. Create in me a pure heart. Take this heart of stone that's grown cold, that's been closed off because I've been betrayed and I've been hurt. And I want you to make it a heart of flesh. Let it beat again. Give us the strength to trust again. Give us the courage to hope again. Give us the peace to know that you're never going to leave us and that you haven't forsaken us, that you are with us. Create in us, Lord, a pure heart. We come before you humbly today, Jesus. We tear off the facade. We tear off the robes. Because we want you to hear our cry, Jesus. We lay them at your altar today. Because we want to grow. We don't want to stay where we are. We want to succeed in our marriages. We want to succeed in our relationship with our kids we want to succeed in our jobs and our careers we want to succeed in our friendships and companionships we want to fulfill what you have for our lives and we don't want anything to hinder it we don't want bitterness and unforgiveness to begin to dwell where it begins to create this barrier around us 
where we never let anybody in again. So Lord, get rid of the attitudes. Get rid of the victim mentality. Get rid of the pointing the finger. Get rid of all the stuff that's not of you. Get rid of all these perspectives. Get rid of past relationship hurt. Get rid of it. Pull it out. Do eye surgery. Do removal surgery. We can't do it without you, Jesus. With your eyes still closed, your head bowed today. Maybe you're in this place. You say, you know, you're preaching about this God who has the power to get things out of my life that's been tearing me down. And I want to experience that joy. I want to experience that freedom. I want to experience the full life that Jesus said he came to offer. The scripture tells us in John 10.10, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life to the full, an abundant life. And Jesus came and he laid his life down. John 3.16, for God so loved the, the world. The most famous scripture that you've probably heard if you're an unbeliever today. The most famous scripture, for God so loved the world. Put yourself there. He loved you. That he sent his son Jesus to become his own creation. To roam this earth to show the goodness and the greatness of our God. Because he desired a relationship with you that he came. God sent his son to die on a cross. To pour out his blood as the wager and as the, the payment for your sin and mine. He was nailed to a cross. He was beaten beyond recognition. And he laid there and even in the midst of all his pain, he tells this one statement, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But he came to fulfill what, what we could not. He came to be the exchange. So we wouldn't have to spend eternity somewhere else. That place is called hell. But we could spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. That he can give us new life again. That because He died for us, we can be born again, the Scripture says. We can become a new creation in Christ, that the old can be gone, that the life that we once lived, that the past, the way that we were, doesn't have to stay that way, that God can build you and make you into a new creation. The way that He designed you to be from your mother's womb, He ordered your steps. He had a plan for you, and He still does. Maybe you're in this space today or watching from the other side of a screen. You say, I need Jesus. If Jesus wants to give me new life, I need him. I've tried to live the world's way. I've tried to live my own way. My life is broken. Everywhere I go, there I am. And I keep finding problem after problem. I'm not saying that if you accept Jesus, you're never going to have problems. Oh, trust me, you're going to have problems. Because the enemy is going to hate the decision. And he's going to want to try to attack you. 
But the truth is, when you can hold the hand of the Creator, you will have a peace, you will have a strength, you will have a hope, you will have a determination that you won't be able to find within yourself. It will only be within the strength of an Almighty God who says that the power that's in you is the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, that when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. So if that's you today, you say, I need Jesus in my life. I want him to wash away my sin. The Bible says that when you ask for forgiveness and you commit your heart to God, it says that he will forget your sin as far as the east is from the west. That he will throw your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. He never remembers them again. Why? Because he loves you so much. God so loved you. that He gave up his life for you. So you can have a relationship with him. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9, that if we'll confess with our mouth, we'll believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, it says we will be saved. So I want to know who I'm praying with today. And if that's you and you say, I need Jesus in my life, I want to accept him. I'm going to count down from three. And I just want you to slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying with. Ready? Three, two, one. Say, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus. I want him to forgive me of my sin. I want to give my life to him today. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift them up. I see you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lift them up. I see you together as couples lifting their hands. I see you. I see you all the way up there. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them high. Say, I need Jesus. I want him to make all things new in my life. I want him to wash away my sin. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can put your hands down. I want us to pray this prayer out loud where your ears can hear you. This is this prayer of faith today. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. And today I ask, that you would forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Make me new. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone said a big amen. Come on, church.